Okay, there we go. We're going to have to do this switcheroo in just a minute again. So we're starting a new series called Close Encounters this morning, and uh, when we first planned this series, we thought, well, this is kind of interesting because it plays off of a movie theme, and, and then we realized that half of our audience here has no idea <laughs> what that movie is. I was four years old when it came out, and, but we're, we're talking about these, these close encounters that Jesus has with, with others in the, in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of John as well. These times when Jesus makes an encounter that is so close and so unusual and so unexpected that it changes and transforms people. And uh, if I'm being honest, though, when I look at this first text, we're looking at the temptations of Jesus this morning. And if I'm honest, when I look at those, I, I've always struggled with this temptations. It's almost like, you know, when you have kids and we have a, a children's sermon up here or a children's activity in front of church and, and you, or the answer in any church, not your kids because your kids are super bright. But many times in church with kids, it's, you ask them any question, the answer is God. And if it's not God, then it's Jesus. You could ask them what color is the sky in church and they'd say God. And so sometimes I feel like the temptations are a little bit like this for me you know we we read about these temptations and it's and it just makes me feel like okay well if I just had a memory bank of enough scripture to recite in my mind my search engine within my mind then everything would be okay and many times I come out of this thinking okay well I obviously need to memorize some more scripture it doesn't doesn't help me in any way it just kind of pushes me downward in my feeling about my faith life. I'm not saying that's a good thing, I'm just saying that's, that's how these, these scriptures have made me feel in the past, because it just seems so simple in this text, right? We're going to find out Jesus is tempted, and he just recites some scripture, and eventually everything is okay. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't always just work that simply for me. And plus, there's not a lot of scriptures. I haven't found the one that at 11 o'clock at night when I want to eat a whole bag of potato chips, that helps me move away from that temptation. There's no potato chips in, in, the, con, in, the, you know, the, uh, in the Bible in the back when I'm looking for the words, right? Nothing with Lay's or, or ice cream. or. So, but I felt a, a change this week as I was meditating on this text that uh, kind of hit home for me in how to approach the temptations. So here are these words from Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. The Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's Son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It's written, people don't live by only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. After that, the devil brought him to the highest, or to, to the holy city, and stood at the highest point of the temple. 
And he said to him, since you are God's son, throw yourself down. And now here's the devil quoting scripture. For it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in, the hand, in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. And Jesus replied again, it is written, don't test the Lord your God. Lastly, the devil brought him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And, and he said, I'll give all of this to you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded, go away, Satan, because it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him and angels came and took care of him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week, I didn't intend for this to, to be any kind of series. It just ends up tying together a little bit. Last week, we talked about, about mountaintop experiences with the transfiguration and, and that Jesus had these, these six mountaintop experiences, his birth, his baptism. Um, can we put the other ones up there so we can watch that one? There we go. The transfiguration, his death on the mountain of Calvary, the resurrection and the ascension. He has these six mountaintop experiences, and then after those mountaintop experiences goes down into the valley. And, and this, this story happens right after one of those mountaintop experiences. Baptism was a mountaintop, big deal experience for Jesus. In fact, God is, is quoted in saying, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. This is a mountaintop experience. And immediately after that, the interesting thing is that we hear that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The Spirit goes with him. Just like in Transfiguration, Jesus led Peter and James and John down into the valley. The Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. And this is where we pick this story up. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He's to be tempted by, by the devil, and we won't go into all what the, what the devil might be. That's a whole other sermon series. But the devil is trying to, to pick at this, this words that Jesus or that God said to Jesus, you are my son. He's using that immediately against him. He says, since you are God's son, command these bread, these stones to become bread after fasting for 40 days and 40 Since you're God's son, since you have this power, since you have this special place, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus constantly replies with, it is written. It's written, people don't live on bread alone, but, but every word spoken by God. The devil doesn't like that one. So he takes him up to the highest points, the pinnacle of the edge of the temple. He says, well, you know, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down here and see if God will come and save you. He says, well, it is written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. More frustrated Satan takes him to the highest mountain. I'll give you all these kingdoms, everything that you can see and everything you can't see. I'll give it all to you. And this is the first time that Jesus specifically speaks to Satan. And the first time we see him kind of addressing him by name, 
go away, Satan. So this is the first century version of, of not today, Satan. Go away, Satan. You will worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then Satan goes away and the angels come and care for Jesus. So here's my struggle. For, for years I've, I've looked at this and all I see is the prescription. The prescription for temptation. You go to the doctor and say, I have this ailment, here's your prescription. So I've kind of viewed this scripture as, okay, I have this temptation, the doctor gives me this prescription of these verses. Or you have that little book, you know, not to put anything down about these books, but you have these little books of 101 verses for every kind of need you have in the Bible. Those are great books. You know, if, if I'm feeling insecure, or if I'm feeling overwhelmed, or if I'm feeling, or if I'm grieving, or if I'm, you know, having trouble in my relate, you can, you can flip this and it gives you a passage. Those are fantastic books. But I'm not sure it's the only method that we use to, to transform our lives and stay connected to God. So on the surface, I've looked at these passages like a prescription. When you face a particular temptation, you pull out your mental search engine and you look for the corresponding scripture. And maybe it's my own insecurity because I'm not really good at memorizing scripture. It's not something I, I grew up doing, not something that's part of my practice. It comes to me after much repetition. It just kind of finds its way in there. I still, for years, after 20 years of doing children's ministry with Tracy, I find myself recalling memory verses with little motions and dances that we did in 2002 for no reason, but it just gets ingrained in there. And then when I face a particular temptation that I'm going through, if it's with food or if it's with a relationship or if it's with a temptation about something that's on a screen I can't always recall in my Google search engine of Scripture of, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? But this week I, I began to think, what if it wasn't about the words of God on the paper? What if it wasn't about these words of God on the paper and, and, and being able to quote the right Scripture? But rather it was the Word of God, Jesus. We're not maybe supposed to get close to the words on the page, but we're supposed to get close to the Word. John tells us that the Word was with God in the very beginning, and the Word was God, and that's Jesus. What if it wasn't that we're supposed to memorize these words, but we're supposed to, to draw close to Jesus? Not just his example of of reciting this scripture from memory, but, but getting close to his power and his love and his care and his companionship in those times of need. For just like we learned last week that, that God goes with us into the valleys, Jesus goes with us into temptation. That's what I've been, been working on and thinking about this week as I've been meditate on the scripture and I think God is leading to see me to see this passage a little differently if we look at these temptations they're, they're the very 
basic human needs that if we're really being honest with each other, all of us desire to have affirmed in us. Every one of them. We may not be hungry from 40 days of fasting. In fact, I don't know that I've ever really been hungry in my entire life. But what if that question was a fundamental, basic human need to fill a hunger or a void with something? What if that was the temptation? We all have this basic human need that there's something inside of us, a hunger, a void, that we want to fill with something. For me, it's food. Others, it's, it may be alcohol or drugs or sex or pornography or work or things or fill in the blank with a million other addictions. We all wanna, want to, we have a hunger, a void within us that we want to fill with something and we try and try and try with all of our human power to figure out what that is. The second one that I thought about when I, when I think about throwing ourselves down is, is the question that all of us ask too is, does anyone really care about me? If, if, I, was to, if I was to disappear from this place, from this marriage, from this relationship, from this family, or from this life, would anyone really miss me? Thank you, George. But we all ask that question. I, I think if we're being real, I've asked that question. Would, does any, would anybody notice that I'm gone? And I think that's a bit of, of our basic human need, that we want to feel like someone cares about us. And this third one that I think we all have a human need for is we all want we all want to be noticed and recognized and rewarded. We may not have the you know the total idea of greed of all the kingdoms, although that happens in two, but we all have an innate need that we want people to recognize us and maybe even reward us. You know, am I ever gonna catch a break? Is anyone ever going to look at me, what I, what I can do, and, or what I did? We all, we all want to be recognized at times. And there's a time when it goes over the edge and becomes prideful or greedful, and, 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 but we all want to be noticed for the gifts and the skills we bring. So this is what God's been teaching me this week. Is that when temptation comes, it's not just about the words of God on the page, but the word of God that is Jesus. And when I face temptation, that's my, that's my cue to draw near to Jesus. To draw near the people of God who become our become my angels to come and care for me, to care for us. It, it's more than 
It's more than just a, a, a reciting of a scripture or, a, or a, a meme of not today, Satan. It takes more of that. We have to draw near to Jesus, near to the word of God, Jesus the Christ. And he'll help us to fill that hunger and that void. He'll, he'll help us to know that, yes, someone, including God himself, cares for us and sees us and recognizes us and rewards us. And that's what this season of Lent is about. This 40 days of, of drawing near to Jesus. Getting, getting as close as possible. Whatever image that might bring up for you. Just getting as super close as you can possibly get and, and, um, and relying on Jesus' power and love and care and companionship. You see, temptation tries to, to lure us away, to move us outside of God's will. Trying to use our own ability and power to solve our temptations and problems. You know, the, 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 the team that's, that's riding next week is not going to be able to ride these 50 miles each day under their own power. They're going to need the, the power of Christ within them, but they're also going to need the power of each other. Part of, part of what they do is they, they ride in the line and, 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 and uh, physics takes on so that the person out leading carries a little bit more of the weight at times. And another is in line, get a little bit of a break. And, and that, that leader carries them for a little bit. And then they swap and they take a turn and move around. So everyone gets the power of the community. And in seasons of temptation, we need the power of the community. That when you're being tempted, you need to be able to retreat to that spot in the back and let some other people lead and uh, to cut the wind for you. We can't solve our temptation under our own power, our own ability, and solve that by our own will. It's only when we draw near to Jesus, it's only when we stay near to God's will and live a life of obedience. This is the way to resist temptation and to inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Friends, if you'll take out your hymnals, that should be in front of you. And if you'll turn to page 13 in the very front. Come on in, friends. I'm so glad y'all are here. What a treat.
for us. Boys and girls, we're turning in, the, in our red hymnals to page 13 in the front if you want to follow along. The bold words I will say and the regular type words will be for you. Occasionally we'll do Holy Communion in our hymnals just so that we can draw closer to the Lord through the act of liturgy, uh, these meaningful words that bind us together and to the Lord. We're going to start where it says the great thanksgiving on page 13. Church, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. Gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. For the forgiveness of sins, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I would invite now um, the communion servers and the band to come forward.
See. 